Hi, and welcome to Color Me Curious. Color Me Curious is a weekly storytelling podcast telling stories in the realm of true crime, folklore, and the paranormal. Ooh, I'm Sarah. And I'm Zasha, and welcome. about this week so um i've been listening to this new documentary style podcast called camp hell aniwaki it tells of the story of the aniwaki treatment center for emotionally disturbed youth operated in douglasville georgia for over 25 years so it's one of those camps where like parents would send their troubled troubled kids most of them had like adhd Mm -hmm. or like maybe smoked pot in the 70s um they would send their kids there for help it was like middle class parents and stuff and the problem was um that it was a breeding ground for abuse um so these sorts of camps have been in the news recently notably notably paris hilton came forward and said like she had suffered severe abuse at one of these camps and there have been other people to come forward as well um i think she spoke even in like yeah in washington dc about it Um, have you watched her documentary i have not she like uh spoiler alert meets up with like some of her oh wow it's it's heartwarming it's beautiful um yeah so uh i will say that like the podcast has a lot of abuse trigger warnings like of all kinds so just be aware of that i think there are two or three episodes out right now um and it's it's lots of like first person of like survivors or people who like went there and were like no i didn't see anything and like counselors and things like that so it's pretty good um just recommend that you want to be in a dark mood, I guess. <laughs> no, I'm very curious because I, I do recommend the Paris Hilton documentary. Yeah. It's on YouTube. I think it was like a YouTube production. Um, but it's, I'm interested to like, I hate to say dive deeper into that because right. it's super bleak, but it, I'd love to well, it hear like other people's experiences. Well, it was such a thing for so long where like Dr. Mm-hmm. Phil would like send yeah. kids there all the time and you'd be like, all right, great. Send those kids to the wilderness and they'll learn some manners or something and well, then and I i'm sure some got good like good right. things happened but some of them were being abused because i badly. think that's what it is i have a friend who worked at one for a couple years and she actually just recently posted a thing that was like you never have to shoot someone because like i a small lady have like you know uh calmed down a 250 pound dude who was sent to our wilderness camp with like words um, which, fair point, shout out to Jess. But I think there are some that were genuinely focused on, like, giving kids an outlet. Yeah. And then there were a ton that were essentially for-profit prisons. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they either operated under the guise of religion or tough love or whatever, which is bullshit. Yeah. Ugh. What about you? What are you curious about this week? Okay, so this is uh, a little different, but I have been obsessed with this no-bake cookie dough 
Um, like you just eat it out of the tub. That's what it's made right. For. I've seen those. Yeah. Um, from Costco. Uh, shout out to Tickle Belly Cookie Dough. Hate the name. Tickle Belly. Love the cookie dough. Uh, but I was curious, like, why you were able to do it. Um, like, how it tastes like real right. cookie dough. Um, but it's still, like, vegan and uh, totally safe. And it's because a lot of them have aquafaba, which is the liquid from uh, chickpeas. Beans? Chickpeas, <laughs> right, basically. Okay. It's like in the can of uh, chickpeas, when you drain them, it's that liquid. Oh, yeah, it's, it's like starchy and, like, mm-hmm. thick. So that was, like, a cool – it's also cool because cool. it's a byproduct. Mm-hmm. So – it's not like tons of chickpeas are going to waste so they can harvest the juice. Like, it's a byproduct of making hummus or, like, making something with chickpeas. Save the chickpeas. Save the chickpeas. <laughs> uh, anyway, I thought that was pretty cool. I, I, I don't believe in that. I eat a lot of hummus. <laughs> I love chickpeas. They really are a, a gift to humanity. But, yeah, I, I was curious, and I looked it up, and uh, I highly recommend it. Obviously, cool. like in moderation because it is basically pure sugar yeah. in addition to yeah, aquafaba. Uh, my friend Jess used to make those for like girls' nights, but like just with it's so good other non vegan stuff. Oh, just yeah, no eggs and stuff. And it was so, it was so delicious. Yeah, so good. I was never like a cookie dough person, and I'm not really a cookie person, but uh, man. Oh, I love cookies. That cookie dough like, hits the cookie spot. Cookie Monster can sit the fuck down <laughs> when it comes to me and chocolate chip I cookies. I was always more of a brownie person than, cookie do- than cookies. Mm. Anyway, that was what I was curious about. A little different. Not folklore or spirit- supernatural. <laughs> Although you could say it is supernatural. I'll see myself out. <laughs> supernatural. cocktail this week, Sasha? The cocktail this week is called Hummingbird Nectar, and it is a pretty red color, like hummingbirds like, although don't color your hummingbird nectar. That's bad for them. Yeah. But, um, so it is rum, cranberry juice, a little bit of grenadine, pineapple juice, a splash of soda, and uh, bitters, uh, hibiscus bitters uh we use burlesque brands but um mm-hmm. and there's also like you can get hibiscus syrup simple syrup in like whole foods and stuff i just couldn't find it so we use bitters um and it's essentially like a nice pretty red colored drink it's less sweet than you would think it is uh and it is very delicious and we'll post the real recipe because i obviously can't remember what the hell i'm talking about yeah amazing <laughs> Um, kind of related to, well, absolutely related to the name. Have you seen the videos of people putting hummingbird feeders? Like, it's almost like a little visor. So the hummingbirds will come and feed out of, like, right in front of their faces. No! It is wild! I keep waiting for my parents to be like, oh yeah, we did that. Because they love their hummingbird feeder. Um, I love it. Yeah, it, like, just hangs like a little So they'll like my story today. Because, surprisingly, 
my story is going to be hummingbird folklore. Yes. And there are hummingbird folklore stories literally all over where there are hummingbirds. There's going to be hundreds of hummingbird folklore tales. We're just going to do three today. Love it. Um, so it's early spring in the Northeast, and that means that we are welcoming hummingbirds to whoever has backyards. We're putting out there a lot feeders. of sugar. <laughs> yeah. um, they start arriving in the Northeast in April, but all over the country in the U.S. They arrive at different times, and all over the world they arrive at different times. Um, so colorful feeders are filled with sweet water and sugar nectar to encourage the fast-flying bird to grace one with their presence because it makes you so happy to see them. So yeah, I think I mentioned it before, but like colorful feeders are what they're attracted to not the colorful water so please don't give them red water make your own nectar with just sugar and water um we marvel at their speed and stare in awe as they hover in place it's no it's no wonder that many believe hummingbirds to have celestial powers or have thought up beautiful stories around them today i thought it would be fun to tell you some of my favorite folk tales about hummingbirds yeah yay so let's start in my homeland Puerto Rico. Beautiful. <laughs> High in the mountains, there lived a girl named Alida, whose tribe was called the Tainos. She loved spending time in a small pool next to a waterfall hidden by the trees. One day, she arrived at her secret spot to find a boy there. He introduced himself as Taru, from the Caribe tribe. Alida was alarmed. The Tainos and the Caribe are enemies, she exclaimed. Taru told her he wished for her no harm. He just wanted to be friends and to be at peace by the beautiful hidden waterfall. Likely story. <laughs> Taru's got game. Uh, they picked fruit from trees, played in the water, and talked. Soon, their friendship turned into love. They wished to be married. However, someone from Alida's tribe saw them together and told her father. He became angry and forbid her to go back and he arranged for her to marry a man of his choosing. Alida was desperate. She looked up at the stars and asked them for help. Please help me. Don't let me marry a man I do not love. The stars changed Alida into a beautiful red flower. Daru knew nothing of Alida's troubles and continued to return to the waterfall, unsure as to why Alida would not join him. Finally, the moon took pity on him and explained what happened to Alida. Taru begged, please help me find her. The moon turned Taru into a tiny, colorful bird. Now you can fly and find your love, said the moon. Taru flew away, his wings making a sweet humming sound that filled the night air. The next day, people saw this tiny bird and loved the humming music his wings made. They called it a hummingbird. The hummingbird flew from flower to flower, kissing each petal, preferring the most beautiful red ones, always in search of his love, Alida. Wow. Just, like, so typical of, like, folklore. It's, like, yeah. actually really beautiful, but sad. Because it's, like... Like, <laughs> hey, stars, what if you just turned the other guy into a flower? Right. Why you gotta take it out on them? The, you know, the stars have their own agenda. And <laughs> we just don't know what's happening up there. Yikes. 
is beautiful though. Yeah, it's one of the like the very well known Puerto Rico like folklore tales. Um, and I will like write which book mm-hmm. I use to tell most of the story. Um, because it's really cute and it's like one of those like, children's like illustrated pretty books. What is the Spanish word for hummingbird? Olibri. I love that it still has like an onomatopoeic like yeah. sound, which of course it does. Yeah, because that's how language works. That's beautiful. Okay, so our next story is a little bit longer. Um, our next story is from the Hopi people from Oraibi, or what is known today as Arizona. A great famine began when frost killed all the corn in Oraibi. The Hopi people were able to survive for the first few years using their reserves. However, a drought came next, and the corn grew slower or not at all. Any corn that did grow was subsequently killed by another frost. And so, the cycle continued until the Hopi people had no choice but to leave. Oraibi stood deserted. Well, mostly deserted. For a couple of children, a boy and his younger sister were mistakenly left behind. The boy now faced with the responsibility of caring for himself and his sister went off in search of food. In order to keep her busy while he was away, he made his sister a toy bird from a sunflower stalk. Left by herself, the little girl played with her toy, tossing the bird up in the air to make it fly. After several tosses, the bird went up, and it didn't come down. It turned into a living hummingbird and flew away. The boy returned empty-handed, and his sister told him about the bird toy coming to life and flying away. The boy didn't believe her and assumed she lost it. The next morning, when the little girl woke, she saw the bright flash of a hummingbird, which flew back into the house and into an opening in the wall. Brother, my bird has come back, she said, and pointed to the opening where the bird had disappeared. When the boy went to investigate, the bird was gone, but inside the opening was an ear of corn. Overjoyed, the children roasted the corn and ate it. As they ate, the little bird emerged from the opening and flew away. The next morning, the same thing happened. I mean, hummingbird, can you bring two ears of corn? Like, just a question. It's so little. That's true. It can only, his tiny little beak can only carry so much. Just a tiny. So, until one day, the bird came back but had no corn and it had turned back into a stalk. Please come back to life, the boy said, as he held the toy bird in his hands. You've brought us food. Maybe you can find our parents, too. Because, you know, the brother can't. Has to ask for more. he can't. (laughs) The boy asked his sister how the bird came to life. Like this, she said, and took the bird and threw it up in the air. As she let go, the bird came back to life and flew away into the sky. It came back down to perch on a rock and looking to to the south towards... And I'm going to try my best to say this word do wanashabe and that's the center of the world the hummingbird flew towards a cactus with a single red blossom the earth beneath the cactus led to a kiva in which some grass and herbs were growing okay among the modern hopi and most other pueblo people kivas are large are large room that is circular and underground and are used for spiritual ceremonies at the north end of the kiva, another opening led down into a second kiva, where hummingbirds found some corn. Hummingbird found some corn with pollen coming from tassels, which the hummingbird stopped to eat. At the north end of the kiva, another opening led to a third kiva, 
where there were many plants, corn, grass, herbs, and many birds all around. This was the home of Mu Yingwa, the god of germination and growth. Ah, yes, the god of germination. <laughs> I love it that sounds... in all of the years of human history, like, or of the English language, we haven't thought of, like, an easier word for that. than germination. Germination. <laughs> I feel like god of germination is, like, a... a Tinder profile, really like, like, like God of Germination, oh, man. pop oh, that yeah. collar. <laughs> I'm not getting vaccinated. I'm the God, God of, of Germination. Germination. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Mojingwa. I'm, I'm sure you work really hard. <laughs> Nothing against the God, just the word Germination. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other hummingbirds who lived in this kiva were the first to spot the visitor. They flew off to tell Mojingwa, Mojingwa. Because they're snitches. The god yeah. summoned the hummingbird to him and asked the bird, Why are you down here? The hummingbird answered, It hasn't rained for years, and nothing is growing. All of Odaibi is deserted, except for two hungry children. You should go back up to earth and take care of things. I will think about it, said Muyingwa. The hummingbird then asked to bring back food for the children. Muyingwa agreed. So the hummingbird flew up, broke off an ear of corn and brought it back up to earth leaving it in the wall of the house and ha- as it had before. The, the children discovered this and asked again to help look for their parents. Their uh-huh. parents aren't looking for them. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you what their parents were doing. Okay. The hummingbird flew west and then towards north and discovered the children's parents at the, a place called Toho. The parents were living off cactus that grew in the region, but were almost starving. They were emaciated. Yikes. The hummingbird flew back and reported what it had found to the children who begged the bird to bring food to their parents. In the meantime, Muyingwa had decided to come back up into the world. He went up to the kiva above his domain and stayed for four days. During this time, it began to rain lightly in Odaibi. Then Muyingwa went up to the next kiva. It rains more. And then on until four days, he emerged onto the earth where the grasses and herbs now grew lushly. Nice. The parents of their children saw the clouds and rain in the distance around Oraibi. Now fed thanks to the hummingbird, they returned. Upon arriving at the village, they found their children alive and well. Other villagers also learned that the rain had come and returned. Oraibi came back to life, and now that the soil and water supplies had been refreshed, the people could plant corn again. The brother and sister who had been left behind grew up to be the leaders of the village, and the descendants afterwards. As All they should thanks been. to the hummingbird. I mean, yeah, they. Yeah. <laughs> All thanks to the hummingbird. That's so lovely. it's obviously like a life story. I, I was reading a lot and I couldn't really fit it all in, but each level of the kiva means a different thing. Cool. So there's like a reason why each sort of. It's very similar to other. Nice. Folklore about like how worlds come to be. So it's pretty cool. Okay, now our third story about the hummingbird. Hummingbirds apparently work really hard. I mean, I <laughs> Our third story is told by the environmental activist, women's rights advocate, and the first African woman to win the Nobel Peace Prize, Professor Wangari Matai. Heck yeah. Yeah. Professor Matai was from the village of Ihipe in Kenya. Her family was Kikuyu, the most populous ethnic group in Kenya. So I'm going to retell it in her words as she told it in DIRT! The movie. 
Wow. <laughs> you can find the illustrated clip on YouTube, and we'll, of course, link it in our show notes. So this is in, in Professor Matai's words. We are constantly being bombarded by the problems that we face, and sometimes we can get completely overwhelmed. The story of the hummingbird is about this huge forest being consumed by a fire. All the animals in the forest came out and they are transfixed as they watch the forest burning. And they feel very overwhelmed, very powerless, except this little hummingbird. It says, I'm going to do something about the fire. So it flies to the nearest stream and takes a drop of water. It puts it on the fire and goes up and down, up and down, up and down as fast as it can. In the meantime, all the other animals, much bigger animals, like the elephant with big trunks that could bring much more water, are standing there helpless. They are saying to the hummingbird, What do you think you can do? You are too little. The fire is too big. Your wings are too little and your beak is so small that you can only bring a small drop of water at a time. But as they continue to discourage it, it turns to them without wasting any time and it tells them, I am doing the best I can. And to the... And that, to me, is what all of us should do. We should always be like a hummingbird. It may be insignificant, but I certainly don't want to be like the animals watching the planet that goes down the drain. I will be a hummingbird. I will do the best I can. That's beautiful. I love that so much, and it feels like, one, is obviously about environmental problems, mm -hmm. but, like, it literally is everything. Yeah. Especially right now, again, pandemic times. It's like, do the best you can. And even if you're, you can do, like, one little thing, exactly. that can be good, like, get vaccinated. Um, yeah. Just do Wear it. Be mask. like the hummingbird. Because it's tiny, and it might be insignificant. And yeah. I loved it so much. Um, yeah, that was my last story. That's beautiful. Okay. Go so, hummingbirds. Yeah, hummingbirds are awesome. Um, so I'm going to end on something personal. Uh, so I'll try not to cry. But, um... My abuelita passed away a little bit over a month ago, um, and it's been awful. But uh, two days after she passed, I had a dream of a green hummingbird and of my abuelita. And I'd wake up thinking about the hummingbird and the images of both the hummingbird and my abuelita uh, mixed up in my head. And I'm not religious, and I honestly don't believe in much. I don't believe in signs or coincidences or whatever, but I decided to tell my mom and my mom does believe in all of it. <laughs> um, so she started, she told my family, and it just became a thing. Now it's like hummingbirds and my abuelita are sort of like mixed in all together. It does make me feel better to think of my abuelita, who was beautiful and kind and loved nature and life, when her later years was restricted by ailments and failures of the human body, is out there flying fast and bringing beauty to the world as a hummingbird. Oh my god! <laughs> Shut up! I'm gonna cry again! Don't cry. That's amazing! It's for you. Oh, thank you. It has to be after that story. <laughs> thank you so much. I actually skipped a part um, where uh, my, grand my aunt in California put out some hummingbird feeders because of the story. Yeah. And... For the first four nights that they were out, a green hummingbird kept coming and visiting the feeders, which is one of the types that can come in yeah. California. We don't get those here, unfortunately. They do come in Puerto Rico, so the mm -hmm. Puerto Rican 
emerald hummingbird is like one of the like the popular ones there yeah um, but yeah it was pretty cool and now my family's gone insane with it like well that happens <laughs> yeah they all have hummingbird feeders now good <laughs> go for the hummingbirds and your abuelita yeah She's going to be like, I wanted time for a vacation. Y'all are trying to get me to come to your houses? Chill out. Although I guess she gets to travel quite a bit. Like, she gets to go to California. That's true. Florida and And Puerto Rico. Yeah, so, like, my family is going to scatter her ashes next year. And they already, like, picked out, like, a plaque where the ashes are going to go. Where's where she grew up. There's, like, nothing left. It's, like, just, like... Mm -hmm. Parts of the house yeah. is just, like, the foundation at most, and they'll put a plaque with, like, a little hummingbird on it. That's lovely. And, like, so they've taken it and fucking run. Well, <laughs> people need a, a and, symbol to unite around, but at least you got that. <laughs> and my, um, my uncle's wife, my aunt, uh, sent me the last story, which is, it's like, I should do hummingbirds thing. Yeah. I love that. I'm right, so I'm glad you crying. did those. You can cry all you want. <laughs> Color Me Curious, the crime podcast. I would listen. I need something good. I would love to tell you something good. (laughs) Tell me something good. I feel like I mess that end up every time, but it's always unique. I mess up the singing because I'm tone deaf. Lies. Mm, That's a lie. (laughs) Uh, we checked the data, and that was a lie. So, um, my something good is my friend Elise, shout out to Elise, uh, is fostering three puppies. Oh my gosh. And so, essentially, someone was fostering a pregnant mother, or a pregnant dog, and she ended up having six puppies, and that person was like, I cannot have seven dogs in my apartment. So Elise has fostered for this the organization before, and uh, they gave her three of the puppies. Uh, they were two months old, um, so basically right after they were weaned, but between being weaned and getting spayed and neutered. Um, so last week, Elise is a teacher, and last week she had to administer testing. So I came and spent the day with the puppies, and... Ugh. Ooh, number one, I have a whole new appreciation for what little work and all of the love that my cat gives me (laughs) in return. Number two, they are so stinking cute. They're so cute. They're so cute. If anyone is interested in adopting, uh, you know, comment on our our post. Happy to put you in touch. They don't know what these dogs are. They look kind of like beagles, kind of like uh, some kind of shepherd mutt mix hashtag very adopt cute. don't shop hashtag adopt don't shop it's two girls and a boy and they just like kept oh ganging up on the boy so and it was hysterical cute. oh i want to like lie in a pile of puppies now basically that's what i did i will say there was a lot more pee involved than i expected yep. Yep. um but not as much as i was afraid of so okay. it, it you know not bad it was a pretty solid solid change up there is a point where the two girls started uh, pooping at the same time while I was in a one-on-one with my boss, which was a delight. And I had to be like, I got to turn this camera off and deal with this. Amazing. But Aww, it was pretty funny. Puppies. So puppies are my good thing for the That's week. like the best of all the good things. It was great. 
Okay, so my good thing is just friends. Like I just yeah. said, you know, I had a really rough month and a half or whatever, and you guys were amazing. I had so many other people who were amazing and sent, like, one seamless gift cards, which is what you guys <laughs> sent, another one of our friends sent A-plus gifts when someone is going through a rough time. We had cards and, like, gift baskets. My friend Alba, like, sent me a set of dishes I really wanted. Oh, like, Alba. I, I don't, I think Coming she in was clutch just, with the housewares. I think it was just, like, she had no idea what to do. Yeah. And she knew I had mentioned that I was, like, eventually going to get these totally. wear dishes. So she just, like, sent them. <laughs> That's like, beautiful. Alba, you're insane. Like, you know, just, like, a text is fine. That's wonderful, though. Good job, But, Alba. like, yeah, it's been really nice. And, like, I did end up getting to spend some time with my family, which is always good. Um, So, yeah, it was – and oh, and thank you, you guys, for, like, letting me take a break from recording because – Of course. And it's really nice to be back, though. Likewise. Yeah, We're glad to have thing. you back. Yay! And we're in person after a long yeah. time, and it's amazing. It's so good. <laughs> we're gonna do some on-location recording. Oh yeah, good it's things are coming. <laughs> so, I guess be a hummingbird mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. remember, curiosity killed the cat, but knowledge brought him back. Thank you for listening to this episode of Color Me Curious. We'll be back next week with more spooky, eerie, and mysterious stories. If you have a spooky story you want to share, send us an email at colormecuriouspod at gmail.com. And if you're still curious, follow us on Instagram at colormecuriouspod or on Facebook under Color Me Curious Podcast. Color Me Curious is hosted by Zasha and Sarah. It is edited by Matthew Kane. Our theme music is In the Dark by Crowender from the Free Music Archive with additional music by Matthew Kane. Pretend I knew. Well, actually, I did knew, but I couldn't know, but I couldn't it's remember. Okay.